0: Welcome to another wonderful edition of Bucky's Pagan Guided Adventure. This week we're going to go into the world of tarot. Tarot is something deeply close to my heart because it is what I use for divination myself and also I offer services as tarot professionally. I also believe that everybody should own their own deck and learn how to do their own tarot readings. So, without further ado, we will kick this episode off. Kick back and enjoy. The first time I was ever exposed to tarot was in my childhood home. My sister had a friend who came over with a tarot deck and was showing off the different colors and images and emblems. And uh, my sister made sure that it was held very quiet because in our household, tarot was evil, strictly evil. It was a tool of witchcraft and devil worship. So I kind of just dismissed it as one of those things where hide it from mommy and daddy and keep it quiet and good for them for exploring that. It wasn't until later on in life when I met a tarot reader at my place of work that I really started to see tarot. And I was extremely curious of it because at that stage I was past my development of realizing that I had my own spiritual autonomy and could choose my own path. So then I started studying the history of tarot and I got a better understanding of where it came from and why it's able to do what it does and why it holds so much power. It's one of those things where it's shrouded in secrecy and In great debate, the origins of tarot. Some people will say that it's Egyptian in origin and uh, some people will say it's from the Yazidic Jews. However, there's a lot of mysticism that surrounds the tarot and we can only really go by what we know as fact. And what we know as fact is that in the 1400s, in the uh, northern parts of Italy, there was a a card game called Tarotta. And Tarata uh, was similar to a form of bridge or a form of trump, where you would take this deck of cards and you'd cast it and you'd play it. And in that deck were emblems such as kings and wizards, uh, fools and jesters. And um, it became like playing Yahtzee every Sunday night. Later on um, in the life of the tarot cards in Italy, people started realizing that there's a lot of energy coming from these cards. There's a lot of archetypical life paths. And at drunken house parties, you could pretty much just lay out someone's life with the cards. And so began the the mysticism of the Tarata. And so it started moving into reading people's presence and making jokes about people's decisions and where it will lead them down the road. From its meager beginning in the 1400s, and honestly, we don't know where it came from before that, uh, it began to evolve further into this divinatory tool until the 1800s, when a guy named Eliphaz Levi in 1854 published a book called The Doctrine and Ritual of High Magic. In that book, he took the tarot deck and he assigned specific uh, Hebrew alphabet, Kabbalah, uh, all chemical symbology and zodiac to the cards, um, and he ushered it into uh, an era, an area where it can be utilized as a divinatory tool. And now, as a modern tool, we see that the tarot deck art changes. You can have a rider's weight deck, you can have a Rackham deck, you can have a witch's deck. And It can also be specific to your belief system as well. We have Kabbalah decks and we have Wiccan decks. The tool began to become more custom to the wielder of the tool and that is where we are in our modern day tarot deck. A lot of evolution to have a perfect divinatory tool specified for specific individuals. So before I wrap up the history aspect of tarot and move on to the cards themselves and what they mean and spreads. I kind of wanted to take a moment and just clear the air because I'm pretty sure a lot of people who made it this far into the podcast are going to say, wow, I was expecting the first tarot deck to be created by a witch sitting on a toadstool in the middle of the forest with ash and chalk carving out the first cards. Just because the divinatory tool doesn't come from a mystic origin doesn't mean that it is not a divinatory tool. And I'm going to actually use an example here. In Vietnam, there is a very common divination practice called casting bones, where a shaman will or, or a tribal elder will take bones from a chicken that are boiled and bleached and throw them in a circle and will tell the future in regards to those bones. Those bones were designed so that a chicken could walk through life, scratch and eat worms and die they are not designed to be a specific divination tool. However, the universe saw them as a divination tool and decided to say, screw you Jack, you're going to use this as a tool. So don't discount the cards because they started out in an unmystic way by your understanding. That being said, let's move directly into the cards themselves. You're going to get a lot of information in this section, so you may want to grab a pen and a piece of paper. Um, It's going to be broad strokes painting. You're going to have a very shallow understanding of the cards. And I'm not going to go through every single card because that would probably take me two weeks to do on a podcast. Um, But I'm going to give you the overview itself. Our tarot deck is broken into three subcategories. Those subcategories are major arcana, minor arcana, and court cards. So the major arcana cards are the first 22 cards in the deck. And those first 22 cards are the archetypical life path of us as we go through our life on Earth. It starts out with the zero number card called the Fool. And a lot of people will actually argue that the Fool card is not really a numbered card because of it being zero some people say it's the highest valued card because it is the zero card and it is the fool. Historically speaking, the fool card in the original game of Tirata is the trump card. And the fool's card in the fool's journey is us, us as a soul. We begin our life as being a soul, being up in the clouds and planning everything out um, happily being ready to walk off on any adventure, teeter close to the edge of the cliff and not be concerned by it. And even if we're being barked at by that little white dog on the deck to uh, be careful of where we go. And we end the whole entire spiritual adventure off in the world card, which is transcendence where we've gone through the whole entire elements of our life and we are ready to move on. We've learned our lessons And that's where it goes back to the beginning with the Fool again. And so it is the reincarnation and the cyclical archetypical life path. There are four cards that I need to mention before I proceed, because those four cards are going to play a major part in explaining the Minor Arcana. So the four cards of the Major Arcana that we need to go over are the Magician, the High Priestess, The Empress and the Emperor. Now I will cover those uh, briefly here and you will hear more about them in the next section. So let's kick it off with the Magician here before we move on. Now the Magician is after the Fool. It's the number one card and that card is where us as the Fool have decided to enter into this world and we're generating our Akashic plan. We're deciding what we're going to do with our lives, and we are sousing out what our passions and what our desires are going to be for the next evolution of our development. The Magician card is the master of all elements in tarot, the pentacles, swords, wands, and cups. And he is the father of all things passionate. The number two card in the deck is the High Priestess. Our High Priestess card is the mother of all things intuitive, all things spiritual. She, in our journey, is when we've already made our plans uh, as the magician and we've entered into the womb and we're starting to be developed. She's the person who is going to outline where we're going to go in a spiritual level to attain what we want uh, in our life path as the magician. She's all things emotional, all things intuitive, all things spiritual. After we've passed the stage of the High Priestess, we find our other mother, our earthly mother, in the form of the Empress. That stage of the archetypal life path is when we are born. And that birth, we find ourselves with somebody who's tending to our needs. The Empress card is about physical logistical, caring, and nurturing. The mother being the one who helps you learn how to eat, how to shower, how you make money, where you, how you clean your room. She's all of those things of a loving and caring mother on earth. She is also the master of the elements of the physical earth plane on earth. After we've nursed ourselves on our mother's bosom and had her taught us how to wipe our nose and make our bed, we meet the authoritative figure in our life. We meet our father in the emperor, who is the next card that we need to talk about. The emperor is the dad card. Teaches us logic, teaches us um, thoughts, accountability, discipline, the harder elements of life. It's the card that symbolizes the loving father who wants what's best for us, but isn't afraid to administer tough, tough, tough love. He himself is the keeper of air energy. Um, That's where he sits. He's in charge of all of the air energy. He's in charge of the trauma, the lessons, and the conflicts that we are going to encounter in life. Those four cards are instrumental to explaining more in detail the Minor Arcana. But before we go into those four cards, I'm going to give you a brief overview of the Minor Arcana. The Minor Arcana is broken down into four different decks. Those decks are Swords, Pentacles, Cups, and Wands. Now, with those they're each broken down into 10. There's the one to 10 of cups, the one to 10 of swords, and so on and so forth. Each of those numerical values are broken down by each suit. So example, the two of swords is going to be different than the two of cups. How the energy is disseminated and organized is through the keepers of those suits. So you remember those four people That I talked about briefly of the minor or the major arcana that helps us with the minor arcana. Well, they're the guides for each suit. So we start off with let's go with swords. Swords are the suit of the dad card of the emperor. Example would be for how the numerological principle of this would be the three of swords. With the three of swords, we have the heartbreak card. That's a heart being stabbed by three swords. And it is a very difficult card to get. Um, It shows absolute misery and sadness for, for usually from the loss of something. And so the dad card who wants to teach us thought, discipline, abuse, and how to deal with our traumas has the numerological value of three being the sword of pain in that heartbreak. If we were to jump to a different deck, Let's say the pentacles, the three of pentacles is mastery, an individual who has learned how to utilize their skills on the world around them or is showing a couple how they can build a perfect home for them. It is under the watchful eye of the mother, the uh, guide card for pentacles, earth energy. And that leaves the last two suits for us to examine. We have the uh, cups deck, which is uh, under the watchful eye of our lovely high priestess, all things intuitive and all things emotional. And we have our uh, wands deck, which Mr. Magician with the wand in his hand is the guardian of that deck, which is all things passion uh, and all things desire, manifestation of fire. And that's how we break down the subparticles of the minor arcana. You have the major arcana, which is our life events that we can't really avoid. And then we have the minor arcana, which is how we just and work ourselves through those major life events um, as they occur for us. And this leads us to the last part of the three sections, and that's the court cards. With the major arcana, we see major archetypical life paths for us. With the minor arcana, we see the way that we are working through or how we can interpret the things that are happening in the the major arcana. With the core cards is where we have the human influence behind each suit. You have the page, knight, king, and queen of each. And... So that is also broken down into your suits of song, of swords, wands, cups, and so on and so forth. The way that this works is very, very, very simplistic. The particular um, court card you're dealt could be either the spirit behind something or an actual individual. So if you draw the king of swords, let's say, the divinatory reading could be there's an individual who you are seeing here who... Um, kind of wants to teach you a lesson or is kind of the disciplinarian or could be an individual who is always ambitious and rides out to battle to try and win it for you. The king of wands could be an individual who has complete mastery over his passions, is an extremely passionate and deep lover, lover, um, and so on and so forth. Now, with this development that we see with all of these these, uh, personas, it can be physical, spiritual, or psychological. And it's very important to discern between each of those. So just to clarify that, whereas I could say that the Knight of Pentacles is an individual who's charging off Um, aggressively into the financial world to try and get things. Maybe a stockbroker or an investment banker. It could be you, the individual, wanting to aggressively make money to pay off your debts. Um, It could also be that the market is going to pick up and aggressively move in a positive direction. It is a spiritual, physical, or supernatural push uh, or presence or manifestation thereof. So that in its essence is the court cards. Okay, so we've gone over the major, minor, and court cards of the tarot deck and how the tarot deck came to be. I'm going to take this moment to briefly talk about spreads. So we have all this energy um, shown in each card. It's important for us to organize the information when we cast the divination. So once the card has been shuffled by you and you give it to your person you're reading and they shuffle it, you need to start flipping the cards in an order so that you can actually tell um, where that individual is in their life path and what events are happening to them, what may be coming up in their life path and what things they should probably be looking out for. So a spread may start with two cards on the left-hand side being the past, four cards in the middle being uh, the present, and four cards on the other side being the future. It's whatever your intuition is telling you is a proper pattern to utilize for the divinatory process. I am not going to tell anybody how to conduct a spread. I think that that's intuitively on the individual. But what I can say is if you go online, you can find... uh, spreads like the Celtic cross or the pyramid or the wheel of fortune that you can apply to your reading method. And that concludes this week's podcast. Uh, I highly encourage everybody who's listening to go online and order some books or order um, a tarot deck of your liking. Make sure you find a deck that actually kind of resonates with you and calls you into it Um, and start uh, chucking some cards for yourself. If you want a professional divination, just look me up on Facebook. Uh, you can find me with the at sign Tarot by Bucky, or you can just kind of look for um, Bucky's Tarot, uh, kind of like our name here, but just Bucky's Tarot on Facebook. Shoot me a message and I will be more than happy to, uh, to give you a tarot reading. Um, have a wonderful week. And that concludes this week's podcast. Just a brief general announcement. I'm going to be moving directions with this podcast. I'm going to start interviewing local people or people who are not local, but also very important to our community here in um, our pagan adventures. I'm going to try and include people from witchcraft and from numerology and different forms of Paganic understanding. Um, So keep your eyes open. I'll introduce who they are, what they do, and what their skill sets, their benefits are. Please uh, shoot me a message on Facebook. Um, My page name is Bucky's Tarot. You can find me using the search uh, function with the at sign, Bucky with a capital, or sorry, correction, at sign, Tarot, capital T, by with capital B and Bucky with a capital B. I look forward to seeing you guys next week.